Good evening, afternoon, morning, night, whenever you find a way to watch or listen to this. Uh, it's Omar again from the Between the Stripes podcast network featuring hardware uh, with Jackson, which we'll record later on this summer. But I'm here with uh, one familiar face and one new face to the podcast. And we're talking a bit, call it niche, call it new, uh, a new topic here, a new league, major league football. And uh, no, we're not talking two separate leagues under one umbrella. We're talking about one league with four teams. And They've been kind of moving kind of quietly in like establishing their teams and their cities, but they're ready. They're going to be ready to play by August. And we want We're here to rank the four stadiums because we have um, four stadium, four teams and four stadiums just to talk about with very intriguing uh, histories and features. So joining me now, without further ado, is Mike from CFB Campus Store. You've seen him before on the podcast with me and Jackson. And we have Matt a writer for a major league football writer and podcaster for major league football. So uh, I will start off with Mike, uh, just a brief introduction of how you doing and, and everything else. Well, Omar, I appreciate you having me back on uh, again to, to join you. Uh, I, you know, my background, I traveled to college football stadiums all over the country. Uh, last year I accomplished one of my goals, which was to see a game at all 130 FBS stadiums uh, in between those visits. I'll make stops at stadiums that are either no longer in use or have different purposes. And uh, the stadiums we're going to talk about, I've been to three or four of them. So I'm excited to be in the conversation. Yeah, and we're glad to have your expertise and uh, travels with us today. And now, Matt, uh, I guess brief introduction of uh, what you do, what you've been up to. Yeah, sure. So I've been semi-retired for the past year, so I've had a lot of time to dig into things, you know, and see what I want to do with my life. But as far as MLFB, I've been following them for the past, you know, 18, 19 months, and I've pretty much delved into every single aspect of the company and their business plan and every bit of news and detail I've pretty much found and, and uh, gone through. So I have a wide array of information as far as MLFB. You know, I've even talked with um, personnel guys recently because a lot of uh, players have come to me to try to get in the league. So you know, I'm, I'm getting really involved with MLFB as far as uh, every aspect that I can. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that. I mean, I love startup leagues. And I want to see these leagues succeed, uh, especially this one too, MLFB, even though the spring and summer football crowd is getting kind of crowded uh, now, but it should be interesting. I guess like before we start, the uh, USFL, XFL, and now MLFB war is the closest thing that I guess our generation will get to an AFL versus NFL type, uh, type I guess, battle. So I'm excited for it, you know. Uh, I'm excited to see who uh, who ends up lasting in the end, even though, you know, I guess I hope all of them survive. But, you know, in the real world, you know, they, they yeah. can't all survive. But um, yeah, so let, let's kick this off with our with our stadium ranking. So we'll go four from one uh, number four to number one uh, around the t- around the table. I'll start. Um, and I guess we'll go sort of like in a snake draft style for our fantasy football fans uh, watching and listening at home. So I'm going to start off with my number four ranked stadium. And if you guys know me, I'm huge on history and, and whatnot. As I've, I've only been to actually I haven't been to any of these venues. So history is like what I had to go off in capacity. So number four for me, I guess, should be with no surprise should be the Virginia Beach uh, Sportsplex, even though they have a illustrious tradition in the UFL hosting the Virginia Beach Destroyers. Uh, there just isn't much history there. It's also a soccer specific stadium, which I mean, it contributes well, I guess, to having fans close to the field and whatnot. But I guess sight lines wouldn't be as great for a stadium as that. But again, not much history with the Virginia Beach Sports Plus, excuse me, Virginia Beach Sportsplex. And to be honest with you, I think the uh, the Virginia team, the Armada, if I'm not mistaken, would have been better served, I think, playing at either, I guess, ODU Stadium. Um, I'm about to call it Fort, uh, Foreman Field, which is the old name, but SB Ballard Stadium. Yeah, SB Ballard. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Yeah. The, the 
historian of me wants to call it the Oyster Bowl and, you know, Foreman, Foreman Field, but it's SP Ballard or even Norfolk Stadium, Norfolk Stake Stadium, excuse me, Dick Price Stadium. I thought they would have been better served there with, I mean, with a good campus environment and getting into the, the um, Tidewater community in Norfolk. Yeah, in the city of Norfolk and not just Virginia Beach. But that's my thoughts on that. From what I understand, the stadium is highly accessible to uh, to those in the city and um should be a, fa- a fun fan experience so i'll um i'll bring that i guess you guys can discuss my pick and then reveal your picks after for number four well i'll, I'll jump in and say that i agree with you as far as number four um you know looking at a similar lens as far as football history goes uh there's other factors to weigh in capacity uh you know i opened in 1999 one of the the strong points that it has is a fifa one uh, stadium so it can host international events. One of the, the the downside, one of the reason I put it at number four is because it appears to only have bleachers on one side. Um, it, I read that it has 6,000 um, capacity, but it's expandable to 17,000. So I think, you know, you mentioned the tenant and the UFL in 2011, 2012. Initially, I, I know they had, you know, crowds upward of 13,000 as it's spill over from the seat. So there's definitely that potential. I mean, anybody that goes to football in Virginia, it's a rabid hot base, you know, DMV, all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's a good place to start. I think it, you know, when we talk about a new league, it will suit possibly initial uh, capacity. Uh, but as far as, like you mentioned, football history, tradition, uh, it's it it's the newest kid on the block. And then therefore, I'm going to put it at number four. All right. And, uh, and my response as far as the uh, Virginia Beach Stadium, I think with the crowds, you know, MLFB are expecting they're expecting, you know, 12 to 15,000, even over the next few years. That's their projected attendance, even for optimal numbers for them. And I think that's about right where they want to be in Virginia Beach. I mean, it's uh, you don't want to get a too big of a stadium. I thought they might have gone with Dick Price. But the thing about that is you never know how these leasing conversations go. They probably talked to them. Maybe they were unfavorable conditions or something because it is a very very nice stadium, and that's where I would have liked them to be. But Virginia Beach is nice. They'll probably bring in rolling bleachers for the other side because they do only have those permanent bleachers on the one side. They have some suites, which aren't bad. You know, to, for a smaller stadium to have suites like that is pretty cool. And I think it's going to be um, a pretty decent destination. Now, my number four, I'm going to have to go with. I know uh, I've heard you know some some uh, rumblings of what you guys have been thinking for stadiums, but. I'm going to go with Lad Peebles as number four. I mean, as far as I've looked at all the stadiums and um, I'm not big on the history like you guys are with stadiums, but as far as the the, the fan experience and whatnot, you know, I, I like all the stadiums, but if I had to rank them one through four, I think I'd pick, you know, Lad Peebles as the fourth. It's just, um, they're all, I think the whole thing is bleachers. There's not really any additional fan experience. Um, maybe not in the best part of mobile. I think they could have gone with, um, the other stadium uh, that they have the senior bowl in now might've been a better pick. So, but I'm going to have to rank lad as number four. I mean, I can, I can see that Matt. Um, and I guess to start off with that lad peoples has a good, a good amount of college football history. Uh, lad peoples is actually my number three, honestly, actually, no, it's my number two. I can give or take, you know, I don't want it to be too out of a take. It was my number two, just because of uh, college football history one, um, and I guess it deals with sort of a, from what I've read, it deals with sort of a Legion field pro, uh, problem, which uh, Legion field is a stadium I've been to, um, this past fall where the neighborhood around it is not as great. So it kind of hurts a fan experience too, where like fans are just like, you know, 
they got to stay, they got to find, I guess they got to stay like a distance away from the stadium. There's like not as much to do around the stadium. And it's kind of sad. In fact, uh, I think a couple of years ago, there was a shooting at Lad People Stadium too, to, to, to further kind of sully the, um, the reputation of the stadium now that South Alabama has left. Um, I guess, yeah. At, at number two, um, you know, it's got it's got a good amount of history, which I'll go on about after. My number three was um, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, which it's a great venue. And of course, the NFL is taking good care of it with renovations, too. And if I'm not mistaken, for our U.S. history fans and buffs that may be listening or watching, I think it is a WPA project, uh, which, you know, bonus points for that. I mean, the college football history is just not there, honestly, as much. I mean, the Malone College in Canton, Ohio, called that stadium home for a while before they shut down their program. Uh, and even now, they have one of the biggest games in HBCU football or a game that's trying to gain traction in HBCU football with the Black College Football Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic uh, on Labor Day weekend. And there's been a couple of good games so far. I know this year, I think it's um, Central State and Winston, uh, excuse me, Winston-Salem State playing this year in that game. Um, so they're trying to build some football, some college football, excuse me, longevity there. Um, overall, if that's the best facilities, excuse me, and the and the most to do, um, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium is it. But me being the history guy, I just can't have that one over War Memorial and Lad People Stadium too. But still a great stadium, uh, no mistake about it. But but again, there's that kind of that newish stadium feel, you know, where. I mean, honestly, it was just known for like one football game here, the Hall of Fame game. And like, that's a preseason game, you know, I mean, it's it's not the Super Bowl. Maybe it's the Super Bowl of the preseason, but it's not the Super Bowl itself. And it's not like a huge game on NFL fans calendars. So that's my thoughts, too. And yeah, I'll, I'll hand it over to, uh, to, to Mike. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, my number three is Lad Peebles. Uh, I'm well-known history guy. Uh, you know, I, the, the place successfully hosted the Senior Bowl uh, for 50, 60, 70 years. It's a all football facility, 40,000 seats. Uh, you were talking about Legion Field. Its light towers are very similar to Legion Field, almost identical. Uh, you know, you walk into that place, you can feel history. Uh, you know, it hosted South Alabama for a while. It's very, you know, I would say a 20 to 25 minute drive from campus. But as far as, you know, what it will be for Major League Football League, it, uh, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about capacity and and it, it holds 40,000 fans and it may look empty in the beginning. Uh, it's come on a little bit of tough times as far as condition, uh, losing its tenants. Uh, I know that they had put out a $160,000 funding to get uh, to try to market itself. They landed the Gulf Coast Classic, which is gonna be in 2022, 2024. So that's exciting for them. Uh, but in comparison to the two that we have remaining, I just felt like the combination of uh, its age and the maybe uh, I, vibe is not the right word I wanna use, but it's if there is 6,000 uh, fans in there and its location, um, I'm going to put it one step above Virginia Sportsplex just because of its football history, but not that much higher above. All right. So, uh, as far as my, you know, we're on number three, right? I got lost track. <laughs> number three. Number all right. Three. So, all right. All right. So my number three stadium here, it's, it's a toss up, you know, it's, it's really close. Uh, I'm going to have to go with war Memorial just for the fan experience. Now, the one thing though, that could make it really good here. If you guys know the schedule, the last two weeks of the season, they're going to be in War Memorial. So they're going to have two weeks of buildup 
to build a fan base to maybe get some more fans in that 54,000 seat stadium. So if they can get a very clever, very well thought out marketing campaign and bring some fans because Little Rock, Arkansas, they really only have the Razorbacks to cheer for, for a football team. They don't have a team to cheer for. So if they can get a crowd behind them, you know, I think we can maybe get 20,000 or so in that stadium, which wouldn't be too bad. You know, if they all, if it's like general admission where they can kind of get down to the lower bowl and fill that TV area, I think it'll look nice on TV and be a good fan experience and they'll be able to generate some noise for that Arkansas attack. I mean, that's 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 a good point on, on Little Rock, Arkansas. I will say be careful for um, our HBCU viewers because Arkansas Pine Bluff has had some good years recently <laughs> and the Golden Lions are worth rooting for. And not to mention, too, I'm not sure how far Jonesboro is, too, but Jonesboro has always had great teams. I'm not sure, um, I guess, how good they'll be with a Butch Jones as coach, but that that's another discussion. I'm not trying to insult anyone. I'm just not, not a Butch Jones fan. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. The final two weeks, and I, I didn't see where the where the championship and semifinals were going to be, but it's good that uh, that they'll be hosting Little Rock, as Little Rock is sort of, I guess, drawing more of those like I guess mid level events. I know they had the NJCAA title game the past couple seasons, uh, which is huge for the city, huge for tourism there. Um, and I, I'm actually pretty high in the stadium too, uh, as we'll talk about later on. But uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, my number two is Lad Peebles. Uh, and, and I know Mike mentioned the Senior Bowl for so many years being at Lad Peebles Stadium, kind of showcasing that uh, all-star game to the, to the country in and, and kind of the same way that I guess – it was like that that one stadium that was known for like one event. It, it did other things too, but it was like known for one event, kind of like the Crampton Bowl for a good amount of years, uh, where it's like it looked kind of run down, but you know, it was it's kind of like I guess loved throughout the nation. Like, you know, the Crampton Bowl, the Blue Gray Classic, and then you know, the senior bowl with a with a Mobile Alabama and Lad Peebles. And again, like I mentioned, it's in a bit of a of a rundown neighborhood, but in Mobile too, I, I mean it's kind of I guess spaced out from like the rest of like the good parts of the city, like the uh, USS Alabama, which is a must visit anytime you go down to Mobile, which uh, I'm ashamed that uh, both of you guys didn't mention that uh, in your rankings too. I, I guess you guys hate the troops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing around, but, uh, but yeah. So I get, I guess the city of Mobile is in kind of a tight spot with that stadium where it has like a lot of history too. But I mean, you are, you're caring for two stadiums and it's kind of like the thing where it's like, is it worth it to, I guess host one game per year because Mike mentioned the, the Gulf coast challenge, like, you know, how much is that game doing for the city? So, but even then, um, you know, you gotta love the history of lad people. So that that's why I have that as my number two, uh, a couple of, of a marquee games too, which I, which I wrote down in 1958 Heisman Heisman or, the 1959 Heisman Trophy winner Billy Cannon LSU came down to uh to Alabama and beat the uh the Crimson Tide 13 to three from 1966 to 68. Kenny Stabler quarterbacked Alabama and they played Southern Miss at out at Lad Peebles. Not to mention the Bear coach games there at a at a Mobile. So like just being that having that experience and like you know being able being able to walk into Lad Peebles and you know sit in a stadium that Bear Bryant coached at that Billy Cannon played at. Um, probably like uh, 5% of the fans going to those games probably will think that. But even then, like, it's a great experience. Um, And I think, honestly, in leagues like this, like, uh, just being able to have, like, I guess, space, you know, maybe the fan environment won't be as great. But you can't you can't mistake having, like, a good amount of space, um, you know, to do your own thing and bring your family. So that's, uh, that's my number two, Lad Peebles. So uh, before I say my number two, I do want to point out the fact that 
Lad Peebles would still be going fine if it wasn't for Hancock Whitney Stadium. I mean, perfect storm for the, you know, South Alabama to get an on-campus brand new stadium. Uh, I went to that when the second game in 2020 when they uh, played UAB, and that place is a perfect G5, new, state-of-the-art, proximate, everything. It checks all the boxes. So, you know, if we have this conversation pre-Hancock Whitney, Lad Peebles is going the senior bowl wouldn't have moved. The Legend Tree Bowl wouldn't have moved. So it's not like it couldn't function. I mean, you see Legion Field right now is hosting some USFL games. So um, it just was a domino effect that led to this situation. And, and obviously, Major League Football is going to benefit from it being um, putting their, their product in a stadium that is searching for uh, a premier staple league to promote. So just want to throw that in there. Uh, my number two, it's this is a tough one just because of the way that I feel about old stadiums, but I'm going to put number two at War Memorial Stadium. And uh, I went there. You mentioned uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I went to a game in Pine Bluff yet last year was a, a Thursday night ESPNU game against Alcorn State. For that, I made a stop at uh, War Memorial Stadium. Uh, it was not open, but I, you know, did my little fence hopping and we got in and it was very, it was, it had such a cool historical feel. Uh, I know that it's getting used every other year for one game, obviously, because of how uh, Northwest Fayetteville is compared to Little Rock. Uh, I have a photo up here in the background. You see them stripe it out. Uh, they had uh, over 55,000 fans at a 1992 game versus Alabama. Uh, so it's, it, it, it has a great history. 1948, they built it specifically for uh, remembrance of soldiers that lost their lives in World War I and World War II. Um, so it, it's in Fair Park, the, the park region, the whole pavilion. It's beautiful. It's a great spot. And uh, so if I were, you know, if we're talking about Lad Peebles and War Memorial being the same, both built in 1948, both being historical uh, comp uh, venues, both have, you know, Lad Peebles 40,000, War Memorial 54,000, the what, uh, ranks one above the other would be the location of War Memorial. So uh, I think that uh, it, it's well established for me at number two. All right. And as far as uh, my number two stadium, now the pre-show here, I had an idea of what I wanted to go with, but I think I'm going to make a last minute audible here and, and call Virginia Beach number two. It's like a 1A and 1B for me. So I got to say Virginia Beach is number two. You know, there's great things to do around the stadium, which is great. You have the beach, which is 20 minutes away. I Google mapped it in case I wanted to go there. You got a golf course, a nine hole right next door. So if you're taking a road trip, bring some irons, you know, some putters and go down there and have a nice round of golf before the game. You know, there's, there's a lot of bit to do around Virginia beach. It's a nice tourist destination. I'm big on the fan experience portion of things with stadiums. Um, you got the suites, which is great. I mentioned before, expandable to 17,000, right where MLFP wants to be. And I think that's going to be, a nice stadium to bring some, some fan noise in, but you have, it's a little open. So maybe we'll get not as much noise as you would in like a, a fuller, you know, Arkansas or fuller lad peoples or fuller Canton, but I'm going to have to go with Virginia beach as definitely number two for the sports flex here. Absolutely. I mean, it'll have, I guess like in terms of a league like this, you want the more intimate experience while like space is good. You don't want it to look like super empty. Um, I've been following the USFL this whole spring slash summer and the games at Legion field, like 
I loved it, but also some of the camera angles just were not favorable to the league, uh, especially in a stadium like Legion Field. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the intimate experience is good and it'll be good for the league whenever they get their TV deal um, to have, like I guess, a tighter space. So it looks like, you know, more fans are there and engage. But um, but yeah, I guess that that is a, that is a huge thing for Virginia Beach and a, a lot to do, honestly. And I forgot to mention too with Lad Peebles, they do have a, a bit of a semi-pro, I guess, minor league pro football history as Mobile Tarpons played there in the mid '60s. Um, you know, so in doing my research, so there's a number of uh, semi-pro football leagues, a Continental Football League, and that and they were part of the I think that was the South Atlantic Football League, or and there's also the Atlantic Coast Football League. So tons of semi-pro leagues, and they're part of that history as well so um we've all reached our number one spot so my number one um is war memorial stadium because uh it's not it's not in as bad a state i think as lad peoples is as i mean lad peoples problems have been much publicized whether it be the shooting that i mentioned earlier as unfortunate as, as that was but war memorial stadium is drawing some i guess big events in their own way uh, I know, like I mentioned, the NJCAA title game that's been happening the past couple of years and may still continue uh, this year. The NJCAA, NJCAA has been uh, has not released their their schedule for their championships yet. But um, also the uh, South Atlantic, the Southern Athletic Association of uh, Division three, they had a championship weekend during the spring season uh, of 2020-2021 where they played at War Memorial Stadium. And they had they had um, a doubleheader on Saturday and Sunday, and they hosted games there. And then not to mention, too, Arkansas having their uh, their game still, I mean, still having their commitment, where it's like kind of a blast of the past, where you have a flagship program of the state traveling across the state, the state to, uh, you know, share their brand. As we mentioned, like Alabama and Auburn also played at Lad Stadium and kind of like shared their brand with the rest of the state. Now, with television, that's not as necessary, but it's nice to have that blast in the past with War Memorial Stadium. Not to mention, too, like, looking at the future list of games that they have at War Memorial Stadium. It's nothing huge, but every couple of years they do play the Arkansas-Missouri game on Black Friday at uh, War Memorial Stadium. So, excuse me, at War Memorial Stadium. So it's like that's a, a big game that's spotlighting that stadium of the country. Not to mention you have a bit of the state, I, I guess, a state championship game happening in a 2021 this past season in 2024 with the Arkansas Pine Bluff playing Arkansas at Little Rock and the same thing with Arkansas State in 2025 at Little Rock so kind of a state championship bowl type feel for those games so I mean War Memorial Stadium is in I guess a better place um, I guess for the future for all these big events than Lad Peebles and not to mention from my in my opinion and Mike can probably push back on this or agree with it but I just like I love enclosed venues like those vintage enclosed venues way better than you know sort of like the separated stands and whatnot and Lad Peebles has a separated stands look but nothing beats War Memorial and it's like enclosed venue. Same thing that that Legion Field has as well. And with a lot of the Ivy League stadiums, especially uh, the Yale Bowl, you know, being enclosed. There's just something so special about that from a stadium perspective, because when you think about it, I mean, all the postseason games, bowl games were named bowls because the stadiums that they fit in looked like bowls. So that vintage feel, you know, not like no double and triple decks. I mean, it kind of takes you back in time. So I got to go with the uh, War Memorial as my number one. Yeah, and it, it pains me not to put War Memorial number one. I'll just say that for, for all the reasons that you talked about, I, I was doing looking at the history of War Memorial and it started with just bleachers on each side with no end zones. And then they filled it out to expand capacity and make it that it's bowl shaped that it has now. 
Um, you know, as I, I mentioned when we started, I reached my goal of seeing a game at all 130 FBS stadiums. Well, there's some other boxes to check, and one of them would be seeing an Arkansas game at War Memorial Stadium. So I'm glad that it's still in use. Uh, a lot of stadiums, they just lap them and they don't do anything come back. So it's very cool that they, like you said, position in the center of state, still honor it. Uh, you know, when I was trying to come up with my top four, it, in my mind, it wasn't just based on stadium. It was also based on the client of the stadium, the the tenant. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys watched the USFL playoffs yesterday, but they were in Tom Benson Stadium. And Omar, you were talking about some of the camera angles and Legion Field and big empty seats. Uh, I feel like my number one is Tom Benson Stadium, and I feel like the it is the the happy medium of all the factors that you would include. Obviously, it's right there next to the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, so it's always going to be associated with football. Uh, I did a, a tour of 99 schools in 2017 in August, and uh, they had finished the renovation project August 3rd, 2017. I showed up like two weeks after that, not on purpose, but got to walk around and see how nice of a venue was. If you saw the playoffs yesterday, the way the sun went down, the noise, the proximity of the fans, and more, most importantly, the capacity is somewhere around 23,000 fans. So, you know, we were talking about earlier as far as Virginia Beach Sportsplex being the ideal uh, realistic number around 17,000. Well, uh, you pack out Tom Benson Stadium, you're going to hit that, especially for uh, a big game uh, that, you know, they've hosted high school. That's what it was created for in the beginning. Uh, but they've also hosted the D3 uh, championship there before. Uh, you mentioned the the HBCU game that is going there too. So it, it's multi-purpose, and you know, part of Tom Benson's donation in the beginning of eleven million dollars was to get it to this point. So I think it just has a leg up on everyone having its proximity and affiliation with uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We all know that when the NFL season rolls around and the preseason Hall of Fame game is played there, we know that it's real. It's on, and so um, I think that the uh, uh, major league football hit a home run being able to affiliate themselves with this stadium. So I'm going to pick uh, Tom Benson stadium as number one. Hey, I definitely have to agree on that one. I had a hall of fame as number two and number one, and I was kind of flip-flopping back and forth. And I think I'm going to go with Tom Benson here as my number one stadium. Now I think the reason why USFL might not have had as many fans in the stands is because we have two away teams. There's not an Ohio team representing them in the championship game. And speaking of championship games, although the last two weeks of the regular season will be in Arkansas for one of the games, we're going to have the championship game. You guys may not know this, but it's going to be in Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. So we're going to have the championship there, three games total. I think Ohio fans are very loyal to their local teams. I know I've been talking with a news reporter in Cleveland uh, the, the, for the News 5 team a little bit here. And they definitely wanted to run a story on the force in the MLFB. So that might be in the works to get the Ohio fans excited to come to the game. You have the whole venue that the Hall of Fame Resort has been putting tons of money into the surrounding area, the Hall of Fame, the hotels, this, that, the other. They have a whole bunch of stuff to do. Once again, the Ohio fans, they're very loyal. You know, and uh, if we ever get a team in Michigan for the MLFB, I think there will be a very nice rivalry between the two. So maybe that's in the works at some point for Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo as an expansion team. But I definitely have, you know, the Hall of Fame will look great on TV as well if we get some butts in those seats. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the optics of the games yesterday were great. And I mean, yeah, the, the way the sun went down too, that's something I definitely overlooked. I mean, it just it, it just seemed nice. It seemed like summer. So, I mean, thank you, gentlemen, for your rankings. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see this league take off and see where it goes and see these state, these uh, cities get pro football. Um, and it's not exactly like, I mean, when you think about the markets that I guess these uh, leagues have targeted, whether it be the USFL or the XFL, I mean, it's like the ideal, the ideal suspects would be like Memphis, Birmingham, you know, of course, a New York team. But you don't like get uh, cities like Mobile, Little Rock canton you know virginia beach you don't like here to get cities like that um in the mix so i'm excited for it um and yeah i'm excited for it i, I think i think looking at it the the biggest rivalry might be the arkansas alabama rivalry for you know sec yeah. country you know this is familiar but uh i mean I, i'm excited for it so that, that's really all i have to say um mike matt you guys have any final final remarks um, i'm super excited to see where mlfb is going this year and beyond i know next year they already have um, some of these stadiums locked up for next year. They have the right to refusal for a bunch of dates. So they have next season ready to go, ready to launch. They just have to get pretty much the rest of their funding underway. But I'm sure once they have a demonstrable product, like with TSL, the spring league showed, and they, they eventually be, became the USFL in a sense, I think we're going to have some financial backers coming behind MLFB once they see the product they put on the field. You know, once they, they put their money where their mouth is, I think we're going to have a nice financial backer, maybe even a broadcast deal to generate some revenue and some sponsorships. So I'm excited to see now the present and the future of the MLFB. And I'll just say, you know, more football, the better. Uh, you know, we just had CFL starting out. Uh, I watched the game last week. You know, everybody wants to talk about these summer spring leagues and minor leagues. Are they going to make it? Are they going to hit it big? And you know what? It, it Just because you're playing doesn't mean that you're automatically going. Your vision is to challenge the NFL. And that's what I hope that everybody just has not just reasonable expectation, but take it for what it is. And it, it serves many purposes. It entertains the fans. It gives us football and non-football times. You know, very important. It gives guys opportunities who, uh, you know, we see the way that the draft goes. And now that the rounds have shrunk, uh, recruiting is better. And you're mostly getting drafted out of key fives and, you know, some FCS players. So there's tons of guys that are slipping through the cracks that just need film. And this is an opportunity. So, uh, you know, anything in the South, we talked about Alabama, Arkansas, uh, you know, the, the places that the, the markets that they're testing, these are great places. I looked at the schedule and I, I think that I'm right that one, there's a game on uh, August 31st at uh, War Memorial. And I haven't announced my schedule all the way on Twitter, but uh, September 1st, I'm going to a game at Central Arkansas. And so it might be uh, if I were to go one day early, I might get a chance to do that. So, um, you know, to, to not be able to maybe it won't be for an Arkansas game, but a major league football game in War Memorial Stadium would be great. So I'm happy. I'm you know obviously gr uh, grateful to be part of this discussion and excited to keep track of the league and, um, you know, four great stadiums. And it will be fun to see, you know, the vibe and the attendance and the response to the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and that's a great point you make about these leagues competing with NFL, which like it just annoys me to see people like, you know, call anyone that supports. I mean, I guess like not anyone that supports, but like all the people that, that back the league call them like dumb for like competing with NFL. And that's really just not the case. Like you would have to be dumb to be to talk about like a direct, being direct competition to the NFL. So 
Uh, yeah, so much value in this in this league. Like already seeing some of the stuff that Matt posted on his Twitter, like some of the players that have been signed. It's like, hey, wow, like a you know guy like a Keith Pearson from a Presbyterian. Like that guy was a great player, you know, in the spring spring FCS season that I remember. Like would love to see him get a shot, and like can speak for like a lot of like FCS guys and like D two guys that are getting their shots here. So yeah, it's 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 great, you know, great close to the summer. I mean, if you don't want to watch, you don't want to watch preseason football, preseason NFL, and have games that, and watch games that mean something, then tune into MLS be so that's all i have um and i guess yeah i guess until next time um you know stay tuned for content the rest of the summer we'll certainly uh jackson i'll certainly have a mic back on the podcast you know talking about something whatever it will be and uh matt as well too you know for for your mlfb um you know hunger so until next time everyone peace love and soul thanks